0: welcome to jamie's corner podcast this is a show where we talk about veganism spirituality animal rights friends family struggles i don't know i i kind of use this as my own therapy session you know just talking things through really so let's have some fun i interview a lot of different activists yogis nutritionists we got some doctors on here veterinarians You name it, just a lot of really great people. So thanks for joining me. And without further ado, let's
1: get into the episode. I think once you become vegan, you really feel like it's your duty to share it. Not because you wanna be preachy or you wanna sound like you know it all, but because It's so important that people know about it, right? It's important that you share helpful information, right, with people that you care about. Once I knew that meat and dairy were not healthy and could actually increase our risk of chronic diseases, I felt like it was my duty to share that information with the people I loved.
0: What the hell is up? My name is Jamie Logan, and today I have the CEO of Generation Vegan on the podcast. Naomi Hollum is a mother, she's an activist, and she is a really kind human being that gave me the chance to interview her. So I'm super excited for you guys to hear about her story, how she turned animal rights activism into a career, the incredible work she's doing at Generation Vegan, also formerly called Million Dollar Vegan. What the hell is up? My name is Jamie Logan and today I have the CEO of Generation Vegan on the podcast. Naomi <clears throat> What the hell is up? My name is Jamie Logan, and today I have the CEO of Generation Vegan, Naomi Hallam, on the podcast. You may know Generation Vegan, formerly called Million Dollar Vegan, where they did major campaigns where they asked people like the Pope to go vegan for Lent. In turn, they would donate a million dollars to the charity of his choice. They did amazing campaigns like this so i wanted to talk to naomi today about how she went vegan in the first place how she turned animal rights activism into a career and also all the impactful work that she's doing at gen v so if you don't already be sure to go check out genv.org follow them on instagram at gen v underscore eng you can follow naomi at vegan panache i'm at it's jamie logan and it and it's jamie's corner And you know the drill, guys. Leave a review, like, subscribe to the podcast. It would be very helpful for me. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. Thanks for listening. So Naomi, thank you so much for coming on Jamie's Corner Podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm a big fan of your work and all the great stuff that you're doing. So for those people that aren't familiar with you and Generation Vegan, introduce yourself and tell me about the great work you're doing
1: okay so we used to be million dollar vegan and then we rebranded last summer we wanted a name that reflected all of the great things that we were doing, which is not just these million dollar campaigns and basically our objective is to educate and empower people to make better food choices whether that be because they want to have a more ethical lifestyle they want to improve their health they want to save the planet they want to prevent pandemics or a bit of a bit of everything right so we want to give people the information that they need to make more conscious choices around what matters to them. So we offer free resources and we also create a lot of content, primarily video content, to try and give people a look behind the curtain into what animal agriculture involves the animals, what it does to the planet, and how they can make a difference as an individual consumer. That's
0: amazing. And I think that education is really so important. Because when I think about what it was that made me change, it was looking at these videos. It was learning this information. And then from there, we can spread it to our peers, to our friends, our family. And then I really do think it's a domino effect Mm. where once we can just reach a certain amount of that population, we can then see the vegan message, kindness, compassion, reach so many more people. Yeah. So you went vegetarian at 10. (laughs) That's right. Which is really impressive. I wish that I had made the connection when I was 10. So tell me a little bit about that. I, I know that you grew up around animals. Mm. What was that transition like for you? And where was that moment that you were like, I need to stop
1: eating them? Yeah, I'm not sure if it was because I grew up around animals, but I think it potentially was. You know, I. I grew up obviously around dogs and cats, horses, and lived out in the countryside. But I also grew up around sheep and cows in fields. And my auntie had um, ducks that she fed on this pond in her backyard. And so there was a lot of different animals that I was familiar with. And, you know, I was always a very questioning child. I always wanted to know, you know, how things came to be or why things were the way they were. So I always asked a lot of questions about, my food and where it came from. And you know, my parents are quite honest that it was the same animals that I was seeing in the field that were on my plate. So that disturbed me, as I think it would most children if they, you know, dared to ask the question or had an adult around them that was willing to answer them honestly. But you know, we grew up watching all these Disney films where we want Bambi's mother to live right, and we want Free Willy to be free, and we want Babe not to be killed for bacon. And yet, even though those are the stories that we love and grow up with in real life, we are taught to disconnect from. Those those feelings so fortunately at a young age I learned that it was okay to be connected to those feelings and it was okay to live in accordance with those values that you know Disney films were teaching me which was to treat animals with kindness so uh, I'm lucky that I had honest parents Uh, they weren't vegetarian or vegan but You know, they did support my individuality and they helped me, which I think all children need to cut meat out of my diet in a way that was healthy. So that's, yeah, that's where it started. That's amazing. And so what part of the UK did you grow up? I grew up in Lancashire on the edge of Merseyside. So the closest big city is Liverpool, about 30 minutes away. But yeah, in a a small market village called Ormskirk. Wow. And so was it difficult to find things for your parents to feed you or was it a fairly easy transition? I don't know if it was difficult for them. Maybe, probably it was. I mean, I remember as a very young kid, it was kind of a lot of, you know, meat and potatoes, spaghetti bolognese, bacon stroganoff, chicken nuggets, all the classic stuff that you grow up on, right? Corned beef sandwiches. <laughs> so I think at first it probably was difficult for them to figure out what to give me. But I've always loved food in general so I wasn't unfortunately wasn't a picky kid so you know if they wanted to use mock meats which were kind of restricted then but they they were around or give me a bean burger or just give me mushrooms in my curry instead of chicken then I was I was down for that so uh yeah my mom adapted as much as she could and I think. It was probably just like any new diet or lifestyle. Right, it just took them a few months to get the hang of, and then and then off we were. We were up and running. Fully. And when you look at how much healthier it is for
0: children, and if you're being raised with a lot of fruits, a lot more vegetables, mm. like, I think back to when I was a kid
1: growing up and what we used to eat, and it's horrifying. Yeah. Like, it <laughs> it can't is. Even I'm still alive. It is right. You know we. <laughs> I grew up on so much processed meat and a lot of brightly colored drinks and food that came in packages, right, that, that could last forever in my lunchbox. So if I hadn't eaten it in January, it was still good to be eaten in February, right? And nobody ever kind of questions that. But yeah, from the moment you go vegetarian or vegan, everyone's got a lot of questions about it. Oh, is that okay for your child? Is that okay for your health? I mean, yeah, generally, it's so much better, unless you're just gravitating towards all the processed stuff. But I think with vegetarianism, it gave my parents this opportunity right to to introduce more vegetables to experiment with more recipes to 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 kind of explore the vastness of the plant realm right and find out that actually it's not that difficult once you open uh, open your mind to the possibility.
0: suddenly you go vegan and everybody thinks that they're a nutritionist suddenly mm. they're worried about your protein your b12 your iron <laughs> you don't really know what they're talking
1: about yeah yeah
0: so, how did you then get into activism? Because I feel like there's a big difference between somebody that's plant-based and yes, vegetarian, you're doing it because you love animals. Mm. But then where was that transition to veganism? How did you make that connection?
1: Yeah, 100% is a big difference because it was vegetarian for a long time and I just like you said, it was kind of because I loved animals, but I didn't expect other people to feel the same way. Right. So I thought, well, if they don't love animals as much as me, then I guess it's okay that they eat me. That's not a problem. This is just about me. Right. And with veganism, I think you realize that it's not just about me. It's about the animals and it's about the impact that eating animals has on everyone and everything. And so it was learning about that impact really that, that, flick the switch for me and kind of it wasn't like one thing immediately there was a few drops right in my ocean of knowledge they came from different places so you know I met a vegan who spoke to me a bit about it I read an article in the Guardian by a journalist who'd given up dairy for a month and I was curious as to (laughs) why she would do that I was like you know that's weird Why? how could you live without cheese and why would you want it and one of the inspirations for her was the documentary Cowspiracy so that was the first documentary I watched that kind of it blew my mind. I just thought, wow, there's so much I don't know. And this is potentially just the cusp of it. What else don't I know? And I just got this thirst for knowledge at that point. And I went on to watch, you know, all the vegan documentaries and read the books and just get all the information. And at the end of that, I thought, well, with the information I have, there's only one answer. Go vegan. Yep. It's the more you know. Mm. And I really do think that it is so important to watch
0: those documentaries, to read the books, to know the information, because so many people come at you with all these questions. And if you're able to answer it in a way that is thorough and a way that you actually come across as you know the information, it makes a huge difference. And I think that it makes us more confident in our decisions and our choices. Absolutely. You said you watched this with your Husband? Or yeah. Like, I, and how was that? Because that's really lucky that you guys were able to do that together.
1: Yeah, it surprised me actually because when we met, was vegetarian. He was definitely not. Okay, so he grew up in Tennessee, big hunting culture there, and he's a military guy, so big macho meat eating culture there. So when I read this article, I don't even think I mentioned it to him because I thought this going to, he's going to have zero interest in this. And when I started to watch the documentary, I didn't even like call him into the room because I thought zero interest, but he passed through and said, what are you watching? And I said, oh yeah, it's this documentary about the impact of farming on the environment. He's like, oh yeah, I'd like to watch that. And I said, okay. So I rewound it. I think it was 10 minutes in and we watched it together and yeah I mean we sat there I think in silence through the whole thing just kind of a bit blown away by these exposés and um at the end it was actually he that turned to me and said oh, boy, you boys should go vegan
0: wow yeah <laughs> yeah love them even more <laughs> yeah I was like wow yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> people can always surprise you and um yeah here we are today both seven years in and absolutely loving it
0: Well, that's what the beautiful thing is about the movement and going vegan is that it's not just for one type of person. Literally anybody can go vegan. (laughs) Right. Whether you're, you know, an old man with a hay straw in your mouth living in Tennessee or (laughs) (laughs) if you're, you know, a young blonde girl living in New York City, you know know what I mean? It can really be for anybody.
1: It really can. I think maybe the only thing we had in common when it came to that is that it just like It made sense to us, you know, we're just both people that are very open-minded, right? We don't think we know it all. And I think as long as people kind of just open their mind to new information, they can learn so much about the world and about themselves and about what's possible.
0: And so how did this actually
1: get you involved in activism? Uh, I think once you become vegan, with that knowledge that you have, you really feel like it's your duty to share it. Not because you want to be preachy or you want to sound like you know it all, but because It's so important that people know about it, right? It's really important you think, uh, obviously, to the animals and the impact it has, the more vegans that there are. But it's important that you share helpful information right, with people that you care about, I think. So once I knew that meat and dairy were not healthy and could actually increase our risk of chronic diseases, I felt like it was my duty to share that information with the people I loved. And once I understood the cruelty involved in egg and dairy industries, in addition to the meat industries, I felt it was my duty to share that with everybody that cares about justice and and reducing cruelty to animals, right? Which is which is almost everybody. I just think they don't know that that exists in those areas. And then you know, almost everybody talks about climate change and asks what difference they can make. So again, it was like, well, I have this information that's incredibly important. I I really want to share it. Uh, So that was really where it started, I wanted to look into how I could share this important information with initially the people I loved, and then beyond that, <laughs> you know, with as many people as possible. And activism is, is can be tricky to get into, because I think there's this idea that activism is, I don't know, just shouting in the street, go vegan, right? Or Or being a certain type of person, right? Maybe you have to be hippie to be a vegan right and to preach veganism but there's so many types of activism and there's a type of activism for anyone anywhere right whether it is just talking to your friends about it or sharing a vegan meal with a family I think stage one for me was kind of learning about the different forms of activism and the different impacts those forms of activism have I volunteered with a lot of animal rights groups initially to gain experience of those different forms of activism and, and tried to find what my niche was. And I was able to utilize my background in corporate marketing and events and apply that to my activism and I found that I was you know, quite successful at doing that. And, and that's really kind of how I came into campaigning and working with Gen V. That's amazing. And I think that's a really great point that you made
0: is that you don't have to be one of those vegans that are out shouting in the streets. You right. could be an artist and you could be making posters. Right. You could be making graphic designs for different vegan animal rights related companies. If yes. you're more interested in health or the environment, I think those are also really important targets that we need to focus on as well. Right. So Absolutely. that's super important. And anybody that's listening, if you are a vegetarian or you're a vegan and you want to take that next step, do it. Like the animals need you and this movement needs you. And if you're vegetarian, you can try oat milk, almond milk, rice milk, soy milk, hemp milk. Right. There's so many different milks. Yeah. Um, just dip interested.
1: dip your toe and just try it. Like what's the worst that's going to happen? Just, the worst is going to happen is you don't like it. Right. And then you just adapt to that. You try something else. But I think, yeah, people are, there's a little bit of fear there. Yeah. they needn't they. There really needn't be. Yep. We're just so
0: deeply conditioned, you know, and I love that um, with Generation Vegan, you guys provide all of these resources so that people can look into it for themselves. I also saw that you worked for Veganuary, and that was a huge part of my journey because it was just supposed to be a 30-day challenge where January 1st, I was going to go vegan as my New Year's resolution. And I was like, this can't be so hard. It didn't seem so intimidating because I was like, it's only 30 days. And within those 30 days, I got resources, recipes, information provided to me. And five and a half years later, I am vegan, I'm an activist, and it's just a matter of taking that next step and, and going for it. So That's thank, amazing. Thanks to
1: you. <laughs> well, hey, you know, Veganuary, um, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing organization, you know, it's not been going for that long, I think 10 years, uh, 10 year anniversary this year but they've had such a huge impact particularly in the UK and and, and mostly because they have this very friendly approach where it's like you know we're not just looking for the perfect vegan we're looking for anybody who's willing to get involved at any level to come join this movement and be a part of it and to enjoy it right to have fun with it and I think that's where they've been really successful I think you know veganism is is serious, right? The issues associated with it are very serious, uh, but not everybody's ready to join on a serious level, right? And if they're not, then come on, get, get involved on a fun level and just try the food and and, and experiment and enjoy yourself.
0: And what you've you have done through Generation Vegan is, is I feel like you guys make it very accessible. And I want to kind of talk about some of the campaigns that you've had that have gotten massive media and also giving people the chance to not feel super like pushed into it and scared about it where they're like, oh, this actually seems doable. And we're going to talk about those campaigns. But first, tell me how you got involved with it. At the time, it was called Million Dollar Vegan.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, well, it was actually through the January uh, I was um, just contributing blogs. Um, so that was kind of one of the primary forms of activism I was writing about, um, particularly about the nutritional benefits of the plant based diet. And the founders of the January, Matthew Glover and Jane Land, around that time were having this idea to start another organization that was going to hold world leaders accountable for the promises they were making to their, you know, millions, billions of followers around the world. And they noticed that the Pope in his encyclical letter had shown disdain for factory farming and had pledged to do what was in his power to tackle climate change. So it was their idea. And they reached out to me as somebody whose, I guess, work they were impressed with. And they felt like m- my talents could add value to the campaign and shared the idea. I thought it was brilliant. And I said, "Yeah, do you think, do you think the Pope's going to go vegan? And they were like, hey, wouldn't that be amazing? Probably not. But, you know, at least we will get, hopefully, a lot of media and a lot of attention for the issues. And we'll educate a lot of people that don't understand the link between diet and climate change. And hopefully we'll inspire them to, you know, go vegan for Lent, even if the Pope doesn't. And I thought, well, then it's a win-win. Let's do it
0: did and what was that process like were you guys like oh my god do we have to scramble a million dollars right
1: now <laughs> um well yeah i think at the time uh, we we had backing from i think it was blue horizon so usually we'll try and get backing from somebody who uh, you know a trust fund or a philanthropist that is kind of willing to put the money up if that if said person goes vegan i think a lot of the time they they recognize that there's a slim chance but they're they're willing to do it, right? If that person says yes. Yeah, so we need to find that person, which was the Blue Horizon Foundation, I think, in the case of the Pope. And then and then yeah, we can plan a campaign using that monetary value. And you know, the money is people sometimes say, well, could the money not be better used? Well, normally it doesn't get used, right? And it goes to charity anyway, if if the person accepts. But really, it's the value of making that offer, right? It it, it turns heads, it generates, I mean, millions and millions of pounds or dollars worth of media so in terms of even just kind of dangling that money the return on investment is absolutely huge so in our eyes it was going to be worth it whether he said yes or not and and it absolutely was yeah i mean i was a new
0: vegan when this campaign was going on and i remember seeing it and just being like oh my god this is brilliant (laughs) this is huge imagine the pope talking to all of his his people and being like, guys, I'm vegan. I'm doing it for the animals. <laughs> you know, it could be really huge. Yeah. So I think that it's genius. And so you guys did this
1: with multiple campaigns
0: and used celebrities to also generate more of this. Talk a little bit about that.
1: Right. Um, I mean, we were really lucky with the first campaign that Paul McCartney also thought it was a genius idea and was willing to kind of lend his vocal support and once you have Paul McCartney involved well it's quite it's quite easy to get support from other people Um, so that led to Woody Harrelson wanting to back the campaign and Joaquin Phoenix and uh, you know a whole list of big names so yeah so we were lucky I just think it's about kind of Launching campaigns that have integrity, right? And if they do, then more people will want to back them or be associated with them. And it's difficult, I think, when you challenge politicians because, well, (laughs) I found that, you know, obviously a lot of famous names don't want to be associated with any particular politician because, you know, it suggests that they're politically aligned with that person, right? So that has been trickier. But yeah, the Pope, I think everybody just thought, well, there's no harm in asking him if we're going to do it in a respectful way, which we did, because, you know, he purports to care about climate change and animal cruelty, and we're essentially just giving him an opportunity to live in accordance with his values. So what's wrong with that?
0: Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I mean, that is amazing. It's it, it just makes me excited and happy to think about this. And, guys, it, for those of you that are listening, go check this out. I mean, this was this was really, really cool. And I, I'm just – it made me also – Proud to be part of this movement you know it it makes us feel big it makes us feel connected you know to see these kinds of campaigns that are going on which was really really cool so also in 2020 when you were talking about reaching out to politicians you also were clever about taking the name play make america great again (laughs) and you did make america healthy again
1: yeah, we certainly tried. <laughs> we certainly tried. Yeah, we we thought, you know, America, well, a lot of developed countries, right, are having health crises at the moment. And that is in large part due to our lifestyles. So we thought, what better way to try and help a country that is really suffering from a health crisis in relation to its lifestyle choices than offering a million dollars to the veterans of America, which was at the time, you know, the number one priority was supporting our veterans for, for, that, for, for that president and encouraging uh, President Trump to lead by example and go vegan for the health of America. And, you know, we kind of took a little bit of a different approach with that. We wanted to give a voice to Americans, to real Americans, right? So I went on a tour of America, uh, visited 15 states, um, filmed over 100 people whose lives had been transformed by a plant-based diet. And that was a range of people from people who'd had serious health issues um, that they managed or even reversed with a plant-based diet, and also a lot of veterans who had planned veganism as a result of PTSD, um, and it had really helped them to kind of find a calm in the world. So um, we amplified those voices, and for me, that was the most successful part of that campaign: was giving voice to these people who had these incredibly powerful stories and seeing how people responded to that.
0: And I think the power of storytelling is something that I really find important in the movement as well. I mean, being a filmmaker, being an activist, and somebody that has really worked on trying to just push these stories to the media, to the public, I think that is what is going to help people really connect with the movement. You want to see a face to some of these stories. Mm. You know, when you look at what happened to Regan Russell, the activist that was, you know, giving water to pigs that was run over by the truck. Maybe that story will help inspire people to go vegan because they see how important it was for her to be there, Mm -hmm. to give these animals water. There's so many amazing stories in our movements that need to be told. And I know that you guys on your YouTube have profile pieces of different activists and you guys tell short films, short stories through that.
1: Right, right. We found it to be uh, video uh, storytelling to be one of the most um, engaging and uh, impactful forms of activism that we have deployed. Uh, So we've obviously been doing this for about four years now. We've produced and released oof uh i'd say close to 400 films and we they've had like immeasurable impact compared to everything else we've done really um so i do thoroughly agree with you on that that the power of storytelling and sharing stories around veganism the reasons why we should go vegan the reasons why we should consider animals uh, and the reasons why we should care about all these issues connected to our diets i think those videos go a long way in empowering people to make better choices absolutely
0: and so what was the rebrand like when it came to changing from million
1: dollar vegan to generation vegan well you know million dollar vegan was actually just a campaign name we were gonna do this type campaign as a campaign and that was it we weren't like forming a new organization at the time um but it exceeded our expectations in that it generated like this huge amount of attention and we got all of these followers and sign ups on our website and we thought well what do we do with all of this like is this not reason enough to continue and maybe do another challenge or three and so we thought well all right let's let's carry on and see where see where it goes and, and that's what we did um, and and just, we then have just evolved a lot right particularly during the pandemic when uh, doing a campaign like that was not really appropriate um that's the time when we kind of switched our gears and started distributing vegan food to underserved communities and frontline workers so we're always evolving really and then after the pandemic we you know we have done these million dollar campaigns but we've also as i said focused on visual storytelling because we'd found that that to be very effective and sharing more stories and traveling the world so you know million dollar vegan just the name didn't feel like a good fit it's made us sound a bit like you know that's what we do and also the dollar currency made us sound very American and you know we're not you can tell from my accent I'm not American and uh, we have like 25 people on our team and they're spread out across like 15 countries and seven languages so we're very much a global multi-cultured organization that's constantly evolving to the needs of the movement uh, and that that was where it came from we wanted to be more inclusive both internally and externally and and be able to reach more people with a global message so that's why we decided to rebrand as Generation Vegan.
0: I think what you guys did with the Million Meals is unbelievable I mean during a time where people are in desperate need. You know, we are dealing with a pandemic, we're dealing with people that may not even have a place to live. You guys went into homeless shelters, BIPOC communities, LGBTQ communities, minorities. I mean, talk a little bit about that and some of the stories within that was there a time where somebody came up to you and was like, "This is delicious. This is amazing. Thank you so much. You know, you're providing affordable, healthy food to people that may not even have had that in who God knows how long."
1: Yeah, I think the pandemic broke out, and we were just reading, right? All of us were reading in, in newspapers that people who lived on the streets or worked on the streets and were now unable to do so were suffering, were suffering because they had no money, no income, and as a result, no food. So the first giveaway that we did was aimed at helping people who would you know in desperate need and I myself went out onto the streets of LA with Alicia Silverstone and we gave away um, as many you know vegan meals as we could over a weekend and we worked with a local vegan restaurant Vinloy in this in this case which is an amazing kind of Asian food vegan food restaurant and we thought at the same time we're supporting restaurants because restaurants have been forced to close and Vinloy were kind of like we're so grateful for you buying the food from us because it enables us to survive during the pandemic. So it became a two-prong thing, right? We were supporting restaurants and we were supporting people in need. And then it wasn't just me in LA, it was all of our staff in all of the countries that we operate going out on the streets, buying food from vegan restaurants and giving to people who needed them. And you know, I think initially people thought this pandemic was gonna last a few weeks, maybe a few months. Two years later, we were still in it. So during that two years, we thought we need to, we need to focus this campaign as it were we're going to pledge a million meals and um, we're going to give them as and when they're needed um, to people you know people who were in need of food aid but also mm-hmm. people who don't normally have access to nutritious food um, so that you know kids from underserved communities uh, marginalized communities like you said and it was around that time that we were learning the benefits of being as as well like when you can't help animals or even when you still can, it's okay to help other oppressed groups. And so we found that by supporting other social justice movements, we were able to bring and unify those movements. So that was just really became like, it just became such a good thing. We we worked with other organizations. In turn, they have worked with us Uh, And we shared food at the same time. So that's why we renamed it as a food solidarity campaign. And it's something we still do on a much smaller level, but it really is a great way of bringing people together and opening their hearts to veganism. Totally. And letting them see how delicious it is. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Filling. You feel better
0: after you eat it. And that's the thing. It's not one or the other. We can do both. We can support multiple issues at once. And it just so happens that by eating a plant based diet three times a day, you're able to support this cause and not harm animals. And with your extra time that you have left, you could be out doing exactly what you guys are doing giving out meals. There's a great organization here called Chilies on Wheels. I don't know if you know Eloisa. We actually but, donated
1: um, a large sum of money to the Matter Our Pope campaign. Oh. Um <laughs> yeah, Chili's on oh, Wheels. Yeah. Um yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was the first um organization we donated to after the Pope said no to us basically. We thought, well, who can we who can we send some money to instead? Yeah. So they're amazing. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. There you go. Yeah. And so that's one of the organizations that I've gotten to see firsthand, just how grateful people are and appreciative and and how much they loved the food. Mm,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, and that's an important part of it, right? You want to share with them really good food. These people deserve restaurant-quality food. Um, so that's what we were trying to give them. And, uh, yeah, and 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 it works twice as well because not only do they enjoy the food they also think wow vegan does taste good
0: (laughs) oh absolutely it's the best Mm. so what are some of the impactful work that you're working on like today and right now that you want people
1: to know about oh um i mean we're involved in uh, we're producing a lot of videos um and we're involved in two upcoming documentaries so we're always kind of on the lookout for interesting stories to tell whether they be the story of an animal or human being or of a community or of an organization um, that will inspire others to towards vegan lifestyle so you know we're on the lookout for those stories but we're also making a lot of those stories so i think if someone is looking for a form of activism that's really easy but really effective please check out our social media channels um, and share our videos share our videos with your friends and your family anyone that you know um, they're designed to have impact, but also just to be enjoyable to watch, um, and not too in your face, right? You can't force anyone to do anything, but you can inspire them. So that's the point of these videos. Um, so yeah, I would say come, share our content, share our blogs, try one of our 30 or 7 day challenges, and if you know of a community that we can help or highlight, or an individual whose story needs to be told, then let us know. Reach out through the website.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I could think of, you know, five people just off of the top of my head <laughs> of people that I've been working with in the animal rights movements that are just such interesting and different people. We're all so unique. You right. know, there's, there's no one type of vegan, even though we're, we're stereotyped as the crazy <laughs> people that, um, right. everyone Exactly. Exactly. So you recently became a mother,
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Congratulations! That is so cool and exciting. <laughs> Thank She's you. Adorable. I was looking at your your Instagram. <sighs> Scarlet, right? That's
1: right. Yeah. She just turned one last weekend. One. Mm, yeah.
0: <laughs> she is such a. She looks like such a bright, energetic, vibrant baby, and she has been vegan. She is. since conception.
1: Mm, yes. Yeah. So that's talk right. Talk a
0: little bit about that and your process of being pregnant. and vegan and hearing from doctors what was that like for you
1: <laughs> it was funny because you know when you tell people you're pregnant and then they they know you're vegan they almost always ask are you going to raise your child vegan and there's that real tense moment where you go well yeah I, I am and they kind of you know you see the jaw clench slightly because they're worried right they're worried that you're gonna have this scorning unhealthy baby because they weren't educated about nutrition and and where nutrients come from. Okay. So I felt like, well, I've always felt like you should just lead by example and then hopefully others will see and observe and follow. So, yes, um, nutrition and balance has always been very important to me. So, I did my homework. Um, I read an amazing book called Nourish um, about how to raise a vegan family. And, you know, I just have sort of made sure that my daughter's getting the best source of. Of nutrients and, and as a result I have a very healthy very chubby <laughs> very active baby <laughs> that uh, never wants to nap and um, so yeah it's been great and I had a really good pregnancy too you know I, I never got sick maybe that was just luck but yeah it was it was you know whole plant-based so it was all good stuff and I yeah I still even though I have this healthy baby though I still have parents that ask a lot of questions out of concern i think or say to me like you know what are you going to do if when she grows up she wants to eat meat uh will you be disappointed or do you think it's like right to kind of decide her diet for her and you know it's quite simple answers to that um yeah i I would be a little bit disappointed i think if you teach your child the difference between right and wrong as you see it right and they grow up and decide that actually they don't believe what you believe to be right and wrong then that's going to be that's going to be a bit of a hard pill to swallow but you know she's going to be her an individual and I decided to be vegan and I was raised a meat eater so it can go either way right um but as a mother it's my duty I think to take care of her and give her the best possible upbringing that I know how to give and um despite being raised as a meat eater I do not believe that's the best I can give to my daughter I believe the best or I can offer her is a vegan one I'm going to be honest about where food comes from I'm going to explain the true meaning of compassion um, I'm going to tell her there's no difference between a pig and a dog because there absolutely is not uh, and I'm going to make sure that she gets all of her nutrients from the original source which is plants um, and you know and until I learn that any of those things are incorrect that's what I'll continue to do because uh, I love my daughter and I'm going to give her every good bit of knowledge and uh, footing that I can in life. So yeah, that's why I'm raising a vegan.
0: Oh, that's amazing. I wish my parents did that with me because (laughs) I just feel like the products were forced down my throat and I didn't even know where it came from. (laughs) Yeah. you know, People want to talk about forcing a diet on someone and little do we know, most kids are just being fed body parts of animals and had they really known where it came from, they probably wouldn't be eating it.
1: Right. I mean, whatever we give to a child that is unable to feed itself, you cannot label it as forcing. Yeah. Whether you give them a ham sandwich or you give them a kale salad, right? If they can't feed themselves, all right, you can call it forcing or you can call it giving them what they need while they're unable to themselves. And that's, that's what we do as parents.
0: Exactly. And, and she's growing and she's healthy and she's happy. And, you know, I think I was even reading an article when on you when you were saying when you were pregnant that your iron levels were perfectly fine yeah and your doctor was actually surprised at how well you were doing because most women that are pregnant actually just lose iron naturally yeah because the baby takes some of it yeah that's
1: right um it's very very common for pregnant women to need to take iron supplements uh, and to have their iron levels checked regularly because yeah the baby's using iron to grow and um I think people mostly associate iron with meat. So obviously I haven't eaten meat since I was 10. My levels never dropped below a very healthy level. Um, My daughter had her iron levels checked on her first birthday and they were very healthy level. Again, they said to me, oh, are you giving her any supplements? I was like, no, 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 none whatsoever. Just a balanced plant-based diet. And yeah, I think there's always that little bit of surprise, but also they're quite you're know, impressed and they have questions. Oh, well, where do you get your amino acids? Where do you get your protein? And so I found myself educating my pediatrician um, on a number of occasions. And, you know, she was actually very um, responsive and very interested. So that was good.
0: Oh, that's great. I remember when I was around 14, I wanted to go vegetarian. And I remember my doctor, she was a pediatrician, saying to me, if you don't have folic acid, which is in eggs, you when you get pregnant, your baby's going to come out without a spinal cord. <laughs> it freaked me out oh, to wow. no extent, as you can imagine. And it just kind of goes to show that a lot of these doctors are, aren't nutritionists and don't actually have much education in nutrition at all. And instead, they kind of just pump out medicines to people because that's what they know.
1: Right, right, right. I mean, mine told me you can't get amino acids from plants and I said no no you can here's a list (laughs) and uh they were like oh okay but I mean I don't know how many parents he's told before me this information who've gone oh okay must eat more meat then must eat more eggs must eat more fish and it's it's just all this misinformation gets spread so easily and when it's spread by professionals well then it, it just becomes gospel for a lot of people so it's my word over the doctor. Well, they're going to take their doctor's word for it, even though the doctor may have done zero nutrition training in medical college, which is often the case.
0: Right. So I want to kind of get into the specifics of your morning and nighttime routines, what you're eating, what you're feeding Scarlett, what some of her favorite foods are. And I think it's just helpful for people to hear like, ooh, maybe I'll try that for breakfast. Maybe I'll try that for lunch. So mm. what's a typical day like for you?
1: Um, for me, oof, I I eat a lot, a lot of food actually because I love it. I love it. Um, so you know, I might have for breakfast. I might make a tofu scramble, which you know, just crumble tofu and some herbs and spices and veggies in a pan. I'll put that on toast, or I'll put avocado on toast, or I'll put sliced tomatoes on toast. I will have a bagel. I will make vegan pancakes. Jamie Oliver has a fantastic vegan blueberry pancake recipe that you can whip up in like five minutes. So highly recommend that. I like making tempeh bacon and having that yeah there's a whole lot of things and I love a smoothie obviously who doesn't and there's a lot of gorgeous kind of probiotic plant-based yogurts out there as well so I sometimes will have that or some oatmeal the fruit and almond butter and yeah so there's a whole load of things that I could go on all day but <laughs> my breakfast mm-hmm. options um but yeah there's plenty there's it's plenty of things it's eat. basically
0: yeah. anything that you use to eat except swapped with you know, oat, soy, almond, milk.
1: So. Yeah. And if, and people love eggs. I mean, and they don't like tofu, which uh, the, the just egg, I mean, it's, yeah. it's just incredible, right? It's an incredible product. Scramble is just like an egg. So, I mean, that's a great transitional food uh, for people who are worried about giving up eggs.
0: It, it really is amazing. I do spinach, onions, mm. a little bit of seasoning. And if you have that black salt, it that. gives it that eggy flavor.
1: Yeah yeah it's so good and then after lunch i'll make a burrito and again everything goes into that rice avocado spinach tomatoes flat beans um soy protein sometimes tofu uh, hot sauce you know all the works um i thought gosh it could be anything right pasta a curry a salad uh quesadilla veggie sushi i mean the lists are endless uh, people do it all the time like what do you even eat I'm like, well, how long have you got? I'll get, <laughs> I, yeah. te- I-, I can spend an hour just telling you what I ate today. So, <laughs> <laughs> same, yeah. So, yeah.
0: And the best part is you stay lean, you stay slim, you stay. I mean, if you're a, an athlete, you can get so much protein. Sometimes I'm worried I get a little too much protein.
1: I mean, probably, I think the average American eats six times the recommended amount of protein in a day, and your body actually can't process these extreme amounts of protein that's why we get like kidney stones and a lot of uh, issues with cholesterol so when people like oh yeah i'm just packing in the protein it's like well okay whoa whoa (laughs) you know you you don't even have to pack it to get enough so just be 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 careful (laughs) on that um but yeah i mean i i've never met a vegan who died of protein deficiency have you (laughs)
0: nope I don't think I've actually met anybody that's kind of a protein deficient. yeah it's
1: like this urban myth uh among me just that we don't get enough protein but there we go none of us have ever met anyone who's protein deficient so it's all I good I hear
0: that one more time
1: yeah it's, it's funny people say I mean somebody asked me at the weekend where do you get your protein and sometimes I just laugh in response because I think they're joking because I've heard it so many times now and they're still not people still don't know that it comes from plants I literally say well where does where do you think comes from they're like animals I'm like where do you think they get their protein from like plants I'm like there you go you just answered your own question
0: (laughs) yes there we go that is well thank you so much for walking us through a day I think people just don't realize how simple and easy it can be I mean being in 2023 too it's just it's everywhere it's endless and it's it can be affordable it's healthier you know yeah what about Scarlett what are some of her favorite foods as a baby
1: I mean, so the first three months it was kind of breastfeeding, then it was a mixture of breastfeeding and um, soy milk formula. Enfamil do uh, a soy plant based formula, um, so that was a great option. Uh, it's FDA approved, so um, you know has all the same nutrients and fat and calories as the non-soy formula. So uh, is most of it dairy? Yeah, all of it really is dairy. Uh, it's it's terrible. All the grass fed cow milk or goat's milk and you know loads of kids have a, a, a lactose intolerant and they're either like forced out of it uh, by continuously consuming um the the milk of another species um you know or in few cases the parents will use their instincts to switch them to a, a soy plant-based formula um i think you can get rice milk formulas as well in particularly in europe but here and is the go-to one i think And then, um, you know, it was pureed vegetables. And I'd sometimes puree in some tofu. So she would get the protein in with the vegetables. And now she eats a small portion of literally whatever I am eating. I mean, everything. She loves a veggie curry. Um, She loves Thai curries, Indian curries. She likes stir fries. She absolutely loves tofu, whether I bake it, saute it, or give it to her in raw cubes. She is scoffing Mm -hmm. tofu. She loves seitan. I mean, she is the perfect little vegan role model. She loves it all. So I'm very lucky. I'll have
0: to interview her next.
1: Yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> So I guess the last thing would just be do you have any general tips or advice for people that are either newly vegans or vegans that are not activists yet or just people that are maybe struggling in a mental health sense? Like, for example, I remember two years ago, I was going to slaughterhouses every week, bearing witness. I was just devastated at the Mm. state of the world. How do you handle seeing so much of this suffering? And obviously getting active and speaking up about it is one way to handle it. And is very helpful and obviously makes you feel like you're doing something good about it. But what is some advice that keeps you sane and, and feel good and, and active?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, is, it is hard being, bearing witness to that dark side of life. It's, it's there, it exists. And I know a lot of people turn away from it and I understand why, but I think it's important that we face it eventually. And I am, you know, I am disturbed by what humanity is capable of and what we do to animals on a vast, unimaginable scale a scale that, you know, most people who haven't seen it would never believe. But I sometimes choose to look because I feel like at least the animal was seen, right? It's struggle, it's pain did not go unseen. At least I saw it. And that gives me some level of comfort. Um, and I also have just accepted that we live in a very cool world and I can't change most of it. So I'm just going to focus on what I can change. Right. And I think a lot of Activists get overwhelmed or dismayed because they can't get everybody to see the world that they see it as quickly as they would like to. And I don't see a lot of value in expending our energy and our emotions on people that are not willing to look, right? So I think we have to try and identify people who are open to it and educate them. And I think that's one of the best ways forward. Now, I'm not saying that there's only one way forward because I think there's a place for all forms of activism but I think we need to be strategic um, if we want to make a change and we need to focus on the areas in which change can be made and and use our energy there. Otherwise we're going to go home every night and feel like we've just screamed into a void all day. Um, well, I know that's how a lot of activists feel a lot of the time.
0: Yes. You quite literally said exactly how I was feeling.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's
0: why we do what we do and we need to work together and not, you know go into the dramas of sometimes in the movement things can get a little dramatic
1: but yeah and, I and you know it's, it's like it gets heated of course it does because we're so passionate and we really mm. feel um strongly connected to the suffering of animals because because we've borne witness to it right uh so i you know i'm not immune from getting emotional and getting upset frustrated with people losing my temper mm. i just have over the years i guess recognized that it doesn't change anything so
0: when you first go vegan at least for me it was like I am going to scream this from the rooftops because I believe I'm going to change the world and I would come home to these animal products in my fridge and just be like so angry about it and not realizing that by me yelling at my family they're not hearing the message they're actually just targeting me as the messenger so we just need to be as strategic as possible And sometimes it's it's just going to take time. I mean, it took me, it took me 19 years to Mm. wake up to it. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm 24 now, and forever to go.
1: (laughs) But hey, if it wasn't for activism and activists and the things that we do and the things we put out there, you wouldn't have gone vegan. I wouldn't have gone vegan. So it it matters, even if you don't see the results immediately, they will reach someone somewhere, and they will make a difference.
0: And different tactics are going to reach different people. Absolutely. It's not to say that like. By me making kind of a nasty, uncomfortable comment to one of my friends, I've had them change and be like, oh, wait, actually, you're right. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. They might have like hated you for it in the moment, but it will, it will have been, you know, it's buried in their psyche and it will influence the things they read and the things they observe going forward.
0: Totally. So everybody, please go and follow at Jen V underscore ENG and also your personal Instagram, which is veganpanache. I yep see. that's okay. right that's right <laughs> uh, and go check out some of the films on generation vegan it is such it was such a pleasure to have you on here and hear about your story you're doing such important work and i can't thank you enough so thank you so much
1: oh thanks for having me it's always nice to share my story and to hear the stories of others for sure
0: yes amazing guys as you know follow at it's jamie logan it's jamie's corner until next time